Welcome to New Gen Network, a podcast online radio show from Ghana, West Africa. Your host is Raphael Okere and co-founder. Gen Writers Club is a show to empowering young African writers to share their writing skills and arts with the world. Join us to listen to our international guest speakers who are ready to inspire and motivate you to your success. And, and most of these Asians, Asian countries even learns from us. You know, during Kwame Nkrumah's um, term of uh, governance and all that. And, you know, back to uh, stories and information regarding how the Jews work and build business together, how they try to thrive together. It makes me... Um, remind the book that I actually read, that is uh, Jewish Wisdom for Business Success. And, you know, this, sometimes I feel like we can also do the same. And it's not even a feeling, it's 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 a fact that we can do the same. It just has to do with um, available communities and, you know, ideologies that we can gather and make a, a generational one, you know, to work on it for a very long time. And I yeah. feel and I feel it's, it's going to happen as time goes on. I hope so. I, I think it, you know, it depends on the individuals. I'll tell you this. Look, I'll be honest. When, when I'm when I was in Ghana, um, so my, my Ghanaian passport expired, and I came to Ghana. I applied for the passport. Uh, my dad, my dad was the most honest person there was. He never paid a bribe ever, ever. He refused. He'd go through hell you know, and the day, you know, before paying a bribe. Um, And, you know, I have experienced the, what's the word I would use here? Like, you know, paying a bribe is easy. You pay a bribe, you're done. You like, you go on. You know, I was in Ghana last time, you know, I was driving and I did make a mistake. The police pulled me over. You know, they take me to the police station and you know we talked you know they're, they're oh, very man. <laughs> oh man you have to pay <laughs> yeah. no, and I, I said you know my, my my oldest brother you know kwame was there too in the car he was like you know he hadn't been back to ghana since he left and you know i've been to ghana many times i you know, i love driving in ghana it's a little crazy but i like it yeah <laughs> and i'm sitting in front of the police station on this bench and I'm like, hey, let's take a picture. Like, he's no, what are you doing? You know, the police are taking. I was like, no, 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 don't worry about it. You know? So we get in, we talk to the police, we paid, we leave, we're done. <laughs> it's easy. It's, it's, fast. it's, it's easy, but very bad. Very, very bad. Yeah, but you know, and I get I understand why, right? We're not paying the police enough. So they need yes. to supplement. I mean, so there's all these other things, right? But my point is, you know, my dad would never have done that. Yes. And, uh, you know, he would have gone to, like, you know, gone to court. You know, we spent, you know, days in court, like, just, you know, going through the, the process of it. For me, I was like, okay, it's just, you know, I don't have the time because I'm visiting, I'm, you know, leaving in a week, you know, so I really don't have the time to do that. So, you know, I paid these guys, you know, you know a few hundred CDs and, you know, done. Done. you know, and, and, and just maybe the JJ's regime kept him that strong, gave him that virtue, gave him that honesty you know to live in a community or a society like that but right now i think democracy is even messing up as well 
Yeah, you know, and it's from the top down, right? So, you know, if, if I'm a, a civil servant and I see that the president and all his people are, are, you know, taking bribes or doing deals that are benefiting them instead of the country, yeah. and I have to feed my family and I'm not getting enough pay, so it has to start from the top. Yes. And, come down. and you know, yes, I think you know, JJ's initial um, ideas on what to do with Ghana and how to do it were great. Uh, we just need to implement it and we need to make sure that Ghanaians know think of Ghana first before themselves in a sense sure sure um now we we're done with the kind of process you went through you know the whole journey um what actually made you move all the way from here to Sweden and down to the U.S. the journey feels great um one of the reasons I actually wanted us to touch on this is that to everyone listening to us you can actually go through whatever it takes to reach whatever heights you want to reach if you look at uh, Mr. Benjamin's story on how he flew from here to Sweden and how he then got to the U.S., there is more to even discover on how his experience in the U.S. was like. He had to be a dropout from school and all that. Today, he's very successful. And so no matter how the pandemic feels, I, I just want to send this message to you listening to us that you can actually do whatever you want to do. You can actually make it through. You just have to be strong and be bold in whatever step you make and and remember you know just keep trying you know if, if you know don't give up you fall down you get up dust yourself off you know keep going you know and and life life is a series of you know it keeps throwing things in our way obstacles challenges you know you, you work hard you build something you, it falls it breaks um you just gotta remember hey you know what i'm bigger than this i can do it and i just you know start over if you have to start over uh you know community is very important so i think you know i'm very impressed with rafael here for building uh this platform and creating a community of people to help each other right community is extremely important and we need to work and help each other out sure sure um even for me i had to, I had to go through one business mogul to get to you and it was it was so exciting when he actually mentioned to me that he was working with the guy and i was like woo. I have a Ghanaian brother outside that making me proud. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Shaheen, you're talking about Shaheen, yeah. Shaheen. Yeah, yeah, Shaheen, Shaheen. Wait, how how did you meet Shaheen? How's uh, the whole experience with him be like? I know you guys are doing strictly business. I, wait, maybe if that's what I know, um, yeah. I stand to be corrected. <laughs> but how is the oh, relationship no. with Shaheen being like? How did you guys meet? Um, I've actually known Shaheen since, uh, I won't say 19, um, uh, let's see here, 1993, you know, we met through some mutual friends, uh, when I was going to Santa Monica college and, you know, it just, you know, it, it clicked. Um, wow. and I started working with Shaheen, I'd say 95 or 96. It was the first, you know, first time I started working with him. I started working with him part time. He had a company that had a um, uh, herbal product uh, called Herbal Ecstasy, and it's, it, you know, it's huge back in the '90s. Um, I started working part time. I started working more and more and more. You know, he needed more help. I'd, I'd say, hey, you know what? I can do that. Yes, of course I can help. Uh, he needed someone to handle international. I, I jumped in and helped out. So you know, I built myself up. You know, from working part-time doing events for the company to uh, eventually taking over the company when you know he wanted out and uh you know then i run it for about seven years and sold the company 
I bought, I bought it from Shaheen, uh, run it for about seven years, sold the company and, you know, moved on to other things. And then Shaheen, you know, he, wow. he did, I think three or four different businesses. Um, and then we started working again back in 2013. Um, you know, we work now, um, mostly selling products on Amazon. Um, so we have about 300 different SKUs that we sell and, uh, you know, business is good. Um, during COVID, well, for us, we are very fortunate to be in that business because it's an online business and amazon.com grew tremendously during COVID because people were home and instead of going to shop outside, they just order online. What do you order? Most people ordered, a lot of people, majority of people ordered on Amazon. And so we, um, you know, saw increased sales on Amazon during the pandemic. Yeah, we, we have our challenges, you know, those issues with shipping and supply and supply um, because of the pandemic where factories were shut down and the, the um, shipping, the boats and the ports were shut down because of the pandemic. But at the end of the day, you know, we figured ways around it, you know, we, we adjust, we got to be a little flexible um, and, uh, you know, business has been good. Uh, uh, I, I even love the energy, you know, <clears throat> the power of dualism, the fact that Shaheen happens to be an Asian and he happens to be from a typical um, African race and still both of you were able to do this amazing business together and it's, it's been even a, a very long time, you know, it's, it's a huge success. It's, it tells me how genuine your friendship has been, you know, sometimes they say, you know, your friends will not help you build your business. But I think this friendship has been a very successful one. <laughs> it has, you know, uh, you know, we, I think it's important to communicate. Um, sure. That's very important. So, you know, if, if there's something going on, you know, don't hold it in, you got to communicate. And that's with community as well, right? So in relation, most relationships, right? Yes. So if something's happening, you got to share, hey, you know what, this is how I feel. And, you know, you talk, you talk about it. And, um, you know, most of the time, if you are open, and honest you can come to um you can work together for a long time and shaheen and i have worked together for a very very long time yeah. and you know as part of your story you dropped out from school if i'm correct yes so as i came to school here in uh, 92 i dropped out in 94 um towards the end of 94 so two and a half years i was studying biology as my major, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with biology. So I was spending all this time, energy, and money um, to get an education that I I was just going to school for the sake of going to school because that's something you had to do, right? And yeah. I didn't have a clear idea of what I was going to do with my degree. And you know, I didn't want to be a doctor. I didn't want to be a dentist. I didn't really want to be a researcher in a lab. Um, I did enjoy about the sciences. I enjoyed biology and you know chemistry and all that stuff, but. You know, end of the day, I dropped out. I tried a few different things. Uh, my friends were mad at me. They said, you know, you're crazy. Man. You've spent all this time, all this money. Just continue for, you know, a little bit longer. And I said, what's the point? You know, so um, I dropped out. I tried a few different things. I tried acting. You know, just that wasn't for me because I'm in Los Angeles. <laughs> Hollywood here. Um, I things like background work. Um, and, you know, I... I I tried uh, doing some mechanic stuff, you know, fixing cars. That wasn't really for me. And then I got into business. Um, you know, I, I um, started 
couple of different businesses and then I started working with Shaheen in I want to say 96 and uh, you know from there it's you know I when I started working with Shaheen I didn't know much about business because I hadn't gone to school for business so what I did is I started reading you know I started reading books um, I borrowed uh, cassettes Shaheen had these business uh, cassettes you know audiobooks on okay. And I'd borrow them from him. I'd listen to them, different ones about you know, businesses, how to succeed, how to sell, uh, self-improvement. Uh, spent a lot of time educating myself outside of school. And that was one of the best things I did. Uh, you know, there's so much information out there. Uh, these days, you know, you Google anything. So I think a lot of people don't actually read. Uh, they don't read books. They don't listen to audiobooks. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, want to learn something you google it and you have the very short brief information on how it works and you're like okay great i figured it out <laughs> my my suggestion would be like hey guys you know, i should start reading books again you know <laughs> yeah, right. yeah even this platform is is meant to you know promote books promote authors promote artists and so as part of our discussions, we love to mention books. You know, I think I even mentioned one book earlier, you know, just to keep our listeners well informed to go out there and make some more research. And so even for you, I know 96, in 96, I was then born, because I was born in 96. You know, I'm, I'm a kid. I don't, I don't know nothing. I don't know which books were even published in 92. And so you can even enlighten us more on which kind of books you read in 92. Uh, well, one of my favorite ones was um, this by this guy. It's called, uh, I think his thing was called Sell, Act Like a Lamb, Sell Like a Lion. Um, Anthony, okay. Anthony Hopkins. Okay. Um, and it was one of my, Tom Hopkins is his name, right? So uh, one of my favorite books was this one called Act Like a Lamb, uh, Low Profile Selling is the, the title of his book and the caption was act like a lamb sell like a lion and this guy uh he, he went into real estate selling houses uh, when he was a kid and you know he was the youngest guy to break a million dollars this was way back you know i don't don't know when wow. he was doing and this was way before 92 uh and you know he broke this record of selling the most houses in a year um Anyway, it's a fantastic book. Um, sure. I'm, I'm going to look it out. You know, Anthony Hawkins, right? Uh, Tom, Tom Hopkins. So H O P K I N S. Hopkins. Hopkins, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, even, even for our listeners, and to some extent, I want to just extend um, a little bit of hands of appreciation to you and also um, a reach out that you can do to our community if you have books out there that you you know you just have laying down not doing anything and you want to make some difference you know one of our our goals is to spread knowledge and you know help the younger generation with some of this information and so yes if you have books out there and you want to keep it on a leash you can let us know and we'll be so happy we're going to give it to some members in our community and some schools that we we are in contact with yeah 
I, I, I want to say, look, you know, Kwame Nkrumah has some uh, books, and I think, you know, neo-colonialism, neo-colonialism. Okay, neo-colonialism. Uh, was written by Kwame Nkrumah, and it's, I think it's a very important book. Um, I think, you know, everyone should get that book, all Ghanaians, or at least okay. people interested. <laughs> people interested in changing should read his book. Sure, I'll sure. Be, I, I believe. Good. Go ahead. I, I believe so much in the Kwame Nkrumah ideologies. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, he he's he. You know, it's it's. I think we should start there. Um, you know, yeah. let's read his book, Neocolonialism, um, and and get you know his ideas because in there he he shares his ideas and how things work and you know. Um, that's a very important book for for Ghanaians who want to make a change to read. In fact, anybody really in in sure. you know, Africa that sure. book. Um, and then you know, for you, I think, hey, you know what? Maybe you make it a project to you know get a book written about JJ. You know, do the research, write a book. You know, exactly. Yeah. Become a movie. <laughs> yeah, I love him so much. I have I have images of him all over my walls here. If, I love I love Kwame Nkrumah. So I have his images here, but. You know, um, you know, I love both of them. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that could be that could be your project. You know, yes, uh, yes. You know, get, get the autobiography of uh, JJ or you know, JJ's something. You know? Yes. Be, to have a book where people can go in there and get a good understanding of who he was, his ideologies. You know, what made him take power twice. Um, mm-hmm. And you know what he wanted to do, his ideas behind him going in and, and taking over. You know, for for some time, I, I also had stories about Kwame Nkrumah being one of the first African leader to have initiated ideas and projects that has to do with automobile in Africa and in Ghana. You know, I think during his time of governance, he started, and you know, I think that was when he set up the university, the Kwame Nkrumah. University of Technology. Yeah. He also set up a project for starting automobiles. And, you know, that didn't go well. So you can look at during those times and how he even got ideas of starting automobile companies and still went down the drain. And till date, we have amazing people doing automobile stuff here in Ghana which is Kantanka to be specific. The man is doing so, so well. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I haven't, but I'll look him up. Yo, bro. No, sorry to call you, bro, but yes. Sorry. <laughs> the man is doing, um, is doing amazingly well. Okay. He, he's building cars and doing exhibitions like every year. These are cars. Building, building cars in Ghana. Yes. Awesome. I For love the, that. For the past 20 years or decade, I, I I think 20 years, it's even more than he's built robots, he's built he's like the Tesla in Ghana and in Africa, but you know, no one hears of him. Yeah, we need and you see that's the thing I'm saying. We need more of that. We need more um manufacturing in Ghana, where you know we can instead of shipping out our pineapples and cocoa and all the stuff overseas and then buying it back, you know, made in cans or you know, finished products to create that. Uh, manufacturing in Ghana, yeah. right? And I think, look, in Krumah, he did a lot of stuff, man. He, I mean, the, the, refinery, yes. the refinery in Tema was, you know, in Krumah. Like, you know, the, the motorway that's still between Tema and, and, and Accra. Still you know, him. 
it's him, you know, and that was built. What are we talking about? Like 50s, 60s, <laughs> right? And oh, it's still man. there because it was built really well. Oh, man. <sighs> so, and there's a lot of other things that, you know, he, he, he built and set up um, that, are, you know, still, still stand. So again, you know, I, I say, look, when we create stuff, let's build it well. Um, mm-hmm. Let's more manufacturing in Ghana and start taking control of our stuff and exporting. You know, I think that that will build and instead of, you know, shipping out the stuff and having other people take advantage of it and, you know, make, make the money. Yeah. You know, uh, I love, I love this conversation. It's, it's as refreshing my mind so much speaking with um, people with such backgrounds like you. Most of when I'm having this kind of conversations, it's, it's with my dad, who also happened to be in the same, you know, generation that had passed but yeah i think it has been an amazing conversation so far i would actually like to ask our final question which has to be the social aspect of this this whole um listening or show i know you're from kumasi you know you you're from kumasi have you heard about this whole kumerican stuff what is it oh i i have you been following the Ghanaian news? Not recently, no. Oh, okay. I, but you're a fan of music? Yes. Love music. Wow. Okay, so that means you're literally listening to Ghanaian music. I do, but I haven't been uh, up recently. In the last couple of years, I haven't been uh, actively because it's, there's been a lot going on here. Okay, okay. I, I just wanted to ask you something about... You know, there, there is a heat and a feeling right now in Kumasi. Now they call themselves Kumericans. Kumericans. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I want... Tell me about the Kumericans. You know, it's, it's just like a movement of, you know, the new age where they feel mm-hmm. like um, certain regions or certain areas in Kumasi has similar feelings like in the united states uh-huh. they also believe in you know their business venture ideologies and how they they move their businesses like when they travel and all that so it's and it has it has reflected even in the kind of music they are producing now with a whole feeling you know they speak like the american accents you know the american drill they have similar rhythms and everything like the american feel and you know, it's it's like a whole movement now. It's a whole movement. It's, it's quite exciting. <laughs> I, I, I like the idea of that. I think, you know, though, um, importantly is to to see Ghanaians as one, right? So, yes. you know, I know we, you know, we have lots of tribes in, in Ghana and sometimes, you know, the politicians especially will go in and say, well, you know what, you know, this president is only focusing on Accra or Kumasi or, you know, Northern region or wherever it is, right? But that's unfortunately not the way to, to build a country. To, to build a country, you know, Ghanaians are one. We're one people. It doesn't matter which tribe you come from. Um, you know, we are all Ghanaians. And, yeah, I do encourage. Yes, let's let's you know build. Let's support each other. And you know, yes, communication um, sounds amazing. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's something that can spread through Ghana, uh, where people are supporting each other and building businesses. Uh, I say yes. Let's do it. Sure, sure. 
thanks so so much for joining us today uh, mr benjamin boydi i appreciate this so so much it's a privilege rafael it's been my pleasure thank you very much and you know i'll i'll speak to you more after this and uh, you know see how we can support each other bless thanks so much if you're listening to us um everywhere in the world now you can check out mr boydu Benjamin's social media handles after this conversation in the description and also his websites and his business everything he does will provide it in in the description below thanks so much for joining the show thank you all thank you Thank you.